0: Port workers are off the job uh, for a while. It's not strike action, though. uh, uh, They've been asked to uh, get everybody to attend an information session from union leadership about the tentative deal that they have to vote on tomorrow and Friday. That's the deadline, right? They've got this arbitrated deal that's been presented to them. Um, union leadership is recommending that they ratify it and accept the deal as it is. And uh, their information session is being held today and all the workers are being uh, asked to attend and ask any questions they might have. And then they'll be voting tomorrow on Friday. Fingers crossed that one ends. Um, as you know, that's a big one that's caused all kinds of problems. But it's not the only one we've had a we've had a bunch of high profile and in some cases very damaging strikes uh, some in Canada, too, uh, in the first half of this year. Remember the largest public sector strike this country's history? That caused pure chaos back in the spring. Um, right now, grocery store workers in Ontario are off the job. Uh, American Teamsters voted for work action earlier this week. You know about the writers. Uh, they're apparently going to have some conversations this week for the first time in a long time. Hollywood scriptwriters, uh, actors have been out off the job. So there's a lot going on when it comes to labor action in this continent right now so why what's happening we're going to have a chat with dr simon black who is a professor in the labor studies department at brock university Uh, dr black thanks for joining us appreciate your time hey no problem happy to be on so what's going on with all this labor action that we're seeing all over the place you know it's been a busy year for it um is it unprecedented is it unusual to see this much happening Well, we've seen a slight uptick in strike
1: activity, but uh, I think it's to the high kind of, there's been a number of high profile strikes, but for historical context, we are nowhere near the levels of strike activity we saw in the 1970s, the 80s, the early 90s, or the mid 1940s for that matter. So, but I think there is a kind of convergence of factors that are leading to an uptick in strike activity. Uh, Relatively low unemployment means workers are less fearful of losing their jobs and kind of more willing to make demands of employers knowing there's alternative opportunities in the labor market. We've had a prolonged period of inflation beginning in mid-2021. Workers have seen their real wages decline. Their purchasing power is significantly eroded. You know, the cost of living has gone up through the roof. Um, and then the the third experience of the pandemic, the, you know, essential workers, including port workers, grocery store workers who are on strike in, in the greater Toronto area, Ontario, they continue to work on site during the pandemic at significant risk to their health. And their employers have done pretty well and continue to do well in terms of their bottom, bottom lines. And now they're facing their employers uh, uh, at the bargaining table and uh, employers seem reluctant to reward uh, those workers for these sacrifices. So, record corporate profits, inflation and the cost of living crisis, tight labor markets and some leftover kind of resentment and anger from the pandemic. It's a recipe for strike action.
0: When you take a look at it, is it, is it, um, is it a period of adjustment? I mean, is that too simplistic? Because like you say, things have changed so much so quickly. Interest rates, inflation, um, uh, you know, employment figure, all this stuff has been, it's much different now than it was five years ago and completely different than what it was 10 years ago. So are we trying to adjust to this new economic reality we're living through?
1: I think that's it. I think workers are trying to adjust to this new economic reality. You know, the, the, the period of inflation we've seen that began in mid-2021, you know, prices going up, in, in especially oil and gas, the grocery sector, uh, rents have gone up uh, across, across Canada and most major cities at least, and workers have not seen their real wages keep up with inflation. So workers have lost, have, have really lost in terms of their yeah. purchasing power. It's been significantly eroded, and now workers, we've seen a number of kind of collective agreements come up for um, for renegotiation. That they've, you know, they've come to their end of the of the agreement, and they're, as we do, we sit down in the unionized workplace and bargain with our employer for a new agreement. And as those collective agreements come up, workers are looking at their their paychecks and they're thinking, you know, I'm not earning enough to keep up with the cost of living. So they're making demands at the bargaining table. And um, I think, like you said, it's it's adjusting, workers are adjusting to this new economic reality, this this cost of living crisis that they're that we're all living through.
0: And with some of these, you know, settlements that we've seen, um, public sector strike did quite well. Uh, the port strike, it sounds like uh, the, the settlement could be, in the neighborhood of like 19% over four years. So, I mean, we're seeing some pretty good settlements, I would think, if you're in these unions. Uh, does that encourage other unions to perhaps play hardball? Could we see more labor action in our future?
1: Yeah, well, we're, you know, one of the big sectors, unionized sectors in Canada is the auto industry, and um, they're just starting to sit down for initial uh, talks uh, between the union uh UAW, and in Canada, Unifor, and the big three, auto manufacturers. Um, That's a very different sector from the ports or the grocery sector, but workers can learn lessons from the experience of other workers. And, you know, for unionized workers, they may look to a successful strike. In which unions may gains in terms of higher wages and better benefits and more security, and think maybe we need to go on strike as well. But also for workers who are not members of a union, we've seen an uptick in terms of labor organizing, new workplaces. So uh, there's a lot of workers out there thinking, well, you know, maybe I need to join a union too in order to keep up with the cost of living.
0: There are, you're right. I mean, I was going to ask you, like, for the people who aren't unionized, um, what's the situation? I mean, I, we did a conversation a couple of weeks ago with this. Um, it's like for gig workers, you know, for, for freelancers, a union that's being formed around that. So, I mean, it looks like collective bargaining uh, is starting to grow.
1: Yes, there's real efforts has been really yeah. difficult
0: to to organize uh, for unions
1: to get a, a get a, a foothold in gig work, whether it be food delivery workers or Uber and Lyft drivers. But we're starting to see some more kind of progressive labor legislation on the books in some provinces that that could facilitate that kind of organizing. And those workers are are really left out. They're they're typically they're misclassified under the law as. Their, their employers see them as independent contractors and not employees, and that means they're not entitled to the same rights that you or I may be as, as employees of a, of a company
0: or, for me, as a university. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's, that's another kind of frontier in these,
0: in these labor struggles that we're seeing. The gig economy. Speaking about frontiers, and you mentioned job security, this isn't all dollars and cents. When you talk about the Hollywood strike in particular, there's a lot of talk around artificial intelligence and being replaced by machines. But same thing on the ports. You take a look at the port strikes, they're very worried about automation. So we're on this new frontier of technology that a lot of people seem to understand is going to change almost everything. Almost every industry is going to be affected in some way. So that's part of this too, right? Trying to build in some protection against that.
1: It is. It's so job security is, uh, has been a sticking point in a number of labor disputes. And like you say, it's, it's the threat of automation. It's the threat of artificial intelligence uh in the case of the grocery workers strike it's it's just the threat of an employer who's continued continuously relied on part-time positions and replacing uh full-time workers with part-time workers so not so much the threat of automation although the, the you know at the checkout counter we've seen automation with um auto, automatic checkout but um for for a lot of workers there, there, is a, there is a threat of automation and a real threat of, of the impact of artificial intelligence. I think in some sectors it's overblown, but it, in, in many sectors it could, it could be a reality. So workers are looking to ensure that they have a degree of
0: job security, uh, given the threats that new technologies pose. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's part of something that I think everybody ha- has on the radar right now. Uh, Dr. Black, thank you so much for your time. Good conversation. I appreciate you being here.
1: Thank you for having
0: me on.